0: This podcast comes to you from nerdsthegeek.com. welcome to a nerds that speak special presentation joel and tim's countdown to party down
1: are Are we we having having fun yet yet?
0: check the gate we're using that one it's already done (laughs) (laughs) look at us Okay. (laughs) with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello And I'm Joel T. Lewis, and I'm very excited to talk Party Down (laughs) in preparation for season three, which Nerds the Geek has a bunch of fun stuff coming down the pike, interviews. We've got interviews, Tim. John got to talk to folks on the show. Yeah.
1: When, when he first told me i was like that my response back was tell adam scott that i love him
0: yes
1: <laughs> i don't know if adam... he if he did end up getting to talk to adam scott but that
0: was like that was my initial response like <laughs> i need this to be he talked to kyle oh, and nice. um uh uh i want to call him garth his name's not garth what's his name martin star yeah martin star but yeah, what's his character's like... name uh roman. roman 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 yeah he looks like a garth <laughs> He does look like, a, I was thinking, it's like, the, who's the IT gay, guy's name in the office where they can't remember his name? I just told you, my name is Nick. Yeah. Oh, he's, 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 he's in he's this. He's in yeah. Down. He yeah, plays he's the, the one who does the job sleazy, interview. He yeah. the uh, uh, telemarketing job interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we're going to try to be organized. I'm, I'm setting my timer here. This episode, we're going to count down season one, episodes one through five. We've recently rewatched them next episode. We'll cover six through 10 and following we'll do season two episodes one through five and then six through 10. So that that's going to be a quadrilogy of party down discussion. So should we talk about our background with the mine's really easy with the show? Uh, Tim introduced me to it and made me watch it and we talked about it and it's awesome. And now we're doing it again, Tim.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I I forget when exactly I watched this. I think it was like well after it aired. This was, I think it was before I moved to Colorado. And, uh, you know, one of the, the reasons I loved it was like, I I totally empathized with um, Adam Scott's character, Henry Pollard, where like, you know, not not that I had, you know, kind of made it as a composer or anything, but that sense of like, oh, I'm trying to do this, you know, this, this thing other than have a Monday through Friday, nine to five, and, you know, had what I thought at the time were a few successes that I thought were leading to something on the way to something. And then kind of nothing ever came from it. And that's, that's kind of, you know, um, you know, that was kind of around my blockbuster phase also, because it was like post-college when like kind of nothing was really happening. So, so it was really, it, it was, it was, and I was thinking about this today too. It's, inspiring to watch the show but also depressing at the same time because like you know you're like kind of going on this journey with him and it's like yeah like he's 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 given up and there's that sort of comfort in that because like at least if you've given up you there's a sense of um of control and power that you've taken back like it's my choice that i'm quitting that i'm not going to be a composer not because no one wants to pay me for this i decided to quit you know but but yeah then again it's depressing because it's like you see kind of like what is left in life after that you know and um you know and the idea that it wasn't like he had a bunch of success and was like this isn't the life for me it was kind of like you know, again, thought, thought he was on his way and then no. And then it's like, all right, well, rather than face the rejection over and over again, I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision to quit. So, so it's definitely like, you know, like, like all of that, that whole thought process, like I've gone through that, you know, many times as a cycle in my life, you know, before that. And since then, so that was, that was one of the things I loved. Also, it's just, it's just so damn funny, you know, like it's, it's so well-written. It's not even, you know, th- that's one of the things I love. It's not it's not hard to watch where it's like, oh, this is going to touch my soul. But, you know, it's too heavy. It's like, no, it's like it's going to kind of hit both points. It kind of like sugarcoats it by being really funny at the same time that you're like, oh, my life's a mess, too. <laughs>
0: you know, that kind of thing. It's like, a ha ha. Aw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of. It's not- yeah
1: so so that's that's sort of my experience with it yeah i watched it um yeah i think it was before i moved out here so it was definitely i think it came out in 2009 ish and i moved out here in 2011 so it was probably around 2010 because i think i had watched both seasons kind of in a row i think so i think the second season had already been out um but but yeah it was great and, and 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 yeah just like you know and all the other characters too it's like i one of the other things i love about it is all the other characters there are there're definitely people I've known like that in my life, you mm-hmm. know, and and in some ways I've been all of those characters. Except for Kyle, I've never been in the overall handsome business. That's that's not me. <laughs> but like but like Roman, I've I've felt like Roman before where, you know, back in my my 20s like most straight white men you think you're the smartest person in the room just because, mm-hmm. you know, and like everyone Everyone who doesn't understand you, it must be because they're stupid, not because right. you're not making any sense, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, I feel like I've 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 been wrong, where it's like you know you try to throw yourself into this new life, and you're like, this is the new me, and it's and it's you know, and you're you've kind of fooled yourself to the point that you can be that douchebag enough to get it done, but you're you're you really don't believe it. It still is kind of like this mask, you know.
0: I'm gonna topic. spoil right now. This time rewatching. Ron was my f-ing favorite character oh, he's so that good. Ken Marino is such a brilliant performer. And like my my first note of the first episode, like the show is written to 11 and Ken's yeah. character is written to 12. Yeah. Like it it's just an insane dynamic crazy performance. And it's hitting all aspects of like the physical aspect, mm-hmm. the way he And he'll, he'll like let a line die in his throat. And it just, it's, I don't know how he does it. Like I was so irritated by him the first time watching through this time. I like sat back and just like, let the cringe bask over me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh no, this is, this is deliberate. Everything they're writing is like, no, this is awful. This is awful. The situation. And these people are awful right now. Like it's not, it doesn't champion anybody. You know, there is kind of this central romance in quotation marks but it, this time watching it through is like it is a lot more nebulous than than you kind of think of it from adam scott's character because it's very kind of trains in the like they're just hanging out and then there's there's this kind of evolution to episode nine is where like feelings are caught but like it it, it really is a slow burn and it really like all of the tension and the drama about the relationship is all kind of blown out of proportion and it's kind of it's kind of nice knowing that having seen it before and watching it through the you didn't feel so invested of like, oh, this is the whole of the show you could just kind of enjoy the chorus of characters around that too mm-hmm. so.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and that's something that always bothers me when people will criticize a show because there's like a love story in it. But it's like like that's life. Like if you're if you're single working at a new job and you're trying to like find purpose in your life, like you're probably going to end up like being attracted to or dating someone you work with. You know, it's not you know, it's not Hollywood trying to make everything a love story. Like that's what life is like. Like, I don't know many people who are just like, you know i'm single and i'm going to refuse to be interested in anyone around me i'm mean, sure it does happen you know i'm not saying 100% of the time but you know it's it's not something that hollywood is like inventing like yeah like when you're around someone all the time when you have a shitty job and that shitty job is the only thing in your life and there happens to be someone there you're mildly attracted to, like, of course that's going to happen. You know, like that's, that's not an invented thing. Like, like what else is supposed to happen? You just like miserable and that's it, you know, like, like, yeah, you're going to look for some little
0: thing that's going to make you enjoy going to that (laughs) job, you know? So it's, it's, and it's also like, because Lizzie Kaplan and Adam Scott have like instant chemistry. Oh yeah. Like they're so good. Like instantly. I'm like, Oh man. And it was weird, weird to watch because this is very much a show kind of everybody was on the brink of making it like Jane Lynch goes on to do Glee after this. Scott gets uh, um, Parks and Rec. Like everybody kind of launches out of this show in a certain sense. And it feels almost like a proto office. Like there's mm-hmm. there's these dynamics and there's the weird kind of in awkward sci fi character. But it's like Dwight's almost softer like they dialed it back i don't know it's a really concentrated mixture of all of the things that are going about to kind of break out on television in the next 10 years after it. and it's been 13 years since the end of this show right like i think that's where we're at timeline wise i think so yeah so it's like it was so cool to go back again again for the second time and feel like oh this is kind of an origin point, you know, in that, what is it? The uh, the frat pack in the same oh, yeah. way, like Freaks and mm-hmm. Geeks, you had talked about where it's like, this is another kind of nexus of all these creatives that are about to go on to the, the, the comedic heights for the next decade, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, and kind of, uh, you know, in line with that too, the other thing that I kind of like about it is that, um, you know, like Rob Thomas, one of the creators, you know, he had done Veronica Mars and a lot of the characters, like, some of the main characters were in Ma- Veronica Mars, and then a bunch of other Mor- Veronica Mars actors and actresses, like, show up along the way as, like, cameos and stuff like that. So, like, I, you know, that's always been a thing, you know, kind of like you mentioned with the Brat Pack, like, I love seeing this same group of actors and actresses move from movie to movie together, and especially when it, you know, like, that that happened with, you know, um, uh, Judd Apatow, too, like, you know, right. you, you saw a lot of people kind of following through his films. Um, and, you know, especially with this, another big part of this, even going farther back was to the state with Ken Marino and Jolo Trulio, a bunch with a bunch of other people, too. But, you know, I, I knew um, a bunch of them from um, a Wet Hot American Summer, mm-hmm. you know, where so like, you know, uh, Mike Lee and Black's in that. Um, um, uh, I think there's another. I feel like there was another person from the state in there also oh uh michael showalter
0: okay. you know
1: so like you get this collection of people from the state who are in wet hot american summer together and i'm wondering if that's where they picked up paul rudd Cause he was, he's like one, also one of the creators of this. So mm-hmm. if Paul Rudd, like working with them on Wet Hot American Summer, you know, and then, you know, like, again, seeing that through line from show to show to show and how some people change, sometimes they pick up new
0: people. Um That's well, an interesting, like, it's a different roster. Cause like a lot of the, the from the SNL alumni, right? Like every mm. class has kind of the ones that go into movies and then start to work together and do that whole thing where the Apatow, like, I mean, Apatow did stand up and I think he also did auditioned for SNL about the same time Bill Hader did. So like I think like they're the groundlings and the improv scenes and the stand ups that kind of fuel all of the the comedic actors kind of have these branching points in like the I think shows like this. And like the idea of the like stars making a comedy series is also kind of a weird in stars does everything now. Like mm-hmm. they been I've been watching that heels show. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. It's so good like they're really, really good. So it, it's just an interesting like putting some money behind a comedy and a really it's also like really proto we haven't even talked about a first episode like these are gonna very sorry listeners this is yeah. this is what Tim and I do is we just beat it to death, <laughs> but it was I was thinking arrested development because of the the intro music, like the theme mm. and some of the, the there's like non-sequitur joke pacing and tone that's very arrested development the, oh, yeah. that kind of yeah, went in yeah. a different direction kind of that quirky thing i don't know like it, I, this really felt this time re-watching it was like here's where the office came from and all of the nbc stuff and here is where arrested came from and like this show is a really great like fertile crescent of comedy yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Another thing that I think is great about it, too, because I feel like if you if you explain the premise to someone, they'd probably be like, oh, like most people aren't going to get that because most people aren't actors like with with the office. It's easy, I feel like, to connect to because they have a very average job. But the idea of a bunch of actors trying to make it or washed up actors or actors who tried to make it then quit, who are all working in catering like that, I feel like that's more specific so, it, you know, I feel like people would tend to think that it's like, oh, it's probably not going to be as relatable. But I feel like, you know, and and maybe it's just me because, you know, even though I'm not trying to be an actor, you know, like still being in the arts and in, in film and Hollywood, you know, maybe that's why I connect to it more. But I I don't think so. I mean, I think there's still like there's still lots of just like human stuff going on, you know, that, you know, even though, you know, if you're if this isn't exactly like your life, I think you can still um connect to it i think there's still pretty you know still a bunch of stuff where you can be like oh this is you know this is a metaphor for this thing in my life you know even though you know you're not trying to be an actor what is it you're trying to do or you know or or maybe yeah maybe you find yourself as roman and you're like oh man i need to rethink my life you know (laughs) like because you know yeah like he you could just take the incel aspect of him it doesn't have to be i'm trying to be a hollywood writer but there are plenty other (laughs) shitty things about his personality that i'm sure You know, if you're hopefully you aren't him, but you may know someone like him. And it's like, yeah, like I can identify that part of his person, even though the person I know who is shitty isn't trying to be a screenwriter or whatever, you know?
0: Well, the other thing is like really ahead of its time about it is like it anticipated our obsession with behind the scenes stuff. Mm. Like, I feel like it it's it's the unglamorous side of being an actor. I feel like that has become a focus of more creative things now. yeah. And I think it's also that um, band kids would love this show. Theater, yeah. who had who's had to be like backstage at something, mm. I feel like that's the energy. Is that Does that make sense? Like it has yeah. that band couch energy. Like these are all of the weird kind of collection of creative people. They're all in this location because they're required to, but they also mm-hmm. are like, that is kind of it.
1: Yeah. So and also yeah. yeah like you know that you have like all those personalities within you know that sort of thing and they're they're, they're all creatives in some way right like mm-hmm. you know like yeah like some, like with with um you know Roman not being an actor but being a writer so it's like yeah you have that outsider who's like I'm kind of in the same feel as you, but not really. So I feel like I've made myself the outsider. Like, I feel like, yeah, that happens in band all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times I was that person because it's like, you know, especially as I was becoming more a composer, it's like, oh, like any of these people are either doing it for fun. Like that was actually one of the big differences too. people who are just in band for fun and didn't care as much versus those of us who, oh, I want to make a living doing this. I want to really work hard at it. But then also like oh okay you're all performers but I want to do composing so it's like mm-hmm. you know and that's that's one of the things that is kind of sad in some ways yeah like I said I, I I am like Roman where it's like kind of looking at okay you're all instrumentalists but I'm the composer I'm the one who wants to write the stuff that you're gonna mm-hmm. play just the way you know Roman's always gonna write the stuff the actors are gonna act and um you know I think so I think what, what's good sometimes with characters like that too you know they're like a cautionary tale like don't be don't be Roman you know if you're gonna be you know, in that sort of role, like be nice about it, you know, get to know your actors and because they're the ones who are going to be delivering your words. So, you know, work with them, not against them, you know.
0: And That's the thing, watching it th- this time, Roman is like the worst extreme of main character syndrome. And I think there's a lot of intersection between kind of socially awkward nerd and main character syndrome because that's mm-hmm. all the stuff we read. That's all the stuff we watch. That's what we identify with. And I think Roman is, is that, and he's never had friends. He's never had to interact with people and he's doesn't pick up on the the social skills, you know, like he doesn't have (laughs) that. And it, it, it really, it comes out in ugly and awkward ways. And it's very true and very accurate, I think. And that, that, again, that, that was something the first time it's really hard to watch, but coming into it this time, I was like, okay, I, this is a really, Painting, it's not even an extreme brusque because people are like that it's it's mm. a it's a true character in that way and all of the like ingrained jealousy and misogyny in it and just like the the idea of of proprietary dibs like i call their brother shotgun yep. Yep. thing mm-hmm. like it, it just it it's it's a it's a one-to-one i think that's the thing it's not there's no uncanny valley it's just the valley we're in the valley with right. that character <laughs> So we, sh- we should jump into the first episode so these yeah. aren't four hours long because we will talk. <laughs> so I'm I'm starting the clock now. <laughs> All right. Episode one of season one, Willow Canyon Homeowner's Annual Party. My first note after, well, no, written to 11 is, but Ron f- <laughs> Donald. Like this, this dude, the hair, the big dump, the Bluto face. I don't, I don't know how they cast. I don't know where he came from. Is he from Iowa? Like, who <laughs> is Ken Marino, and why is he perfect in this? He's, like, wet. He looks mm-hmm. wet. Like, his hair, the gel, it, I, he's, I don't know. He's a dolphin of a man, and he's right. hilarious. <laughs> well, and that's the
1: best part, too, is I feel like in stuff I've seen him in before this, he's 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 a good looking dude like i think he usually comes across as being like an attractive guy so the fact that they were somehow made him look awkwardly unattractive you know like i think it's it's mostly the haircut i think honestly the
0: haircut but also the way he tucks in his shirt Mm -hmm. like there's something about the shirt is wrong it's like and i feel like as as a taller bigger white shirt
1: (laughs) that's my first
0: note crisp white shirt (laughs) That gag is so great, and the way it comes back because oh, yeah. the, the shirts keep getting more and more destroyed. It remind now I'm thinking it reminded me of Playtime, like where the the waiter mm-hmm. is slowly disintegrating and is like is uh, uh, Jacques Tati's 1960s film Playtime movie mumbles a thing here. Synergy, yeah. corporate synergy. Here's what we're doing at Nerds the Geek. <laughs> um, but I was just thinking of like that is one gag that is going it's peppered in through the whole show or mm-hmm. that that one episode and there's so many bits like it, it is written to 11 there's so many so many things in it already like it's a great dynamic they throw you right in you kind of understand that world instantly and the diet like i i don't know they're like it, it it's <laughs> i've already ran out of words
1: <laughs> so so we'll the, let, let's let map subplot. out the journey
0: of the shirts. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yes. So, so <laughs> shirt watch. Here we go. Yeah. So so
1: Henry show up. Henry and he's he's wearing a, a white shirt, but it's not a crisp white shirt. It's so not Ron's crisp. Gonna, it's kind of
0: pleated and it's kind of yeah. like it looks like looks it's like been he in slept store. it, as he yeah. says. Yeah.
1: So. He get Ron gives him his spare from the truck. So now Henry's wearing a shirt that's too big for him. So that's right. like, you know, the, the the first layer of the joke. And then when Ron's trying to impress a bunch of children with his like bottle spinning techniques, a kid gets bored and stabs him in the leg with a little little toy sword that's you get in a drink. So he drops the bottle of Daiquiri mix he's spinning, It breaks on a grill, and splashes all over his shirts. Now his shirt's covered in Daiquiri mix, so he has to go change it. But since he gave Henry his spare, now he has to wear Henry's little shirt, which my comment on that shirt... Ron putting on Henry's shirt is me putting on my own white shirt when I haven't had a gig in a while and I've gained a bunch of weight.
0: (laughs) I love that you're just tracking one joke. That might be our whole discussion for one episode. I love this. I'm (laughs) so happy with what we're doing right now. (laughs) And then, no, no, it's not, he doesn't go back. He doesn't agree to have Henry wear his own shirt. Like that? Of course not. Why would he do? He's like, it's a weird like line he draw like draws. He's like, I've already sent this thing. It was a gift. I'm not touching it again. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So then, you know, we're we're kind of stuck with that for a while. But then the 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 perfect way that this the joke comes full circle is Henry gets pushed in the pool by Casey's husband, and his shirt is wet, so he has to wear another shirt. But now the only shirt that's left is Ron's shirt with the, the daiquiri mix all over it. So as Henry's packing up all the liquor bottles, he's wearing another big shirt that, you know, again, like you said, he could have had his shirt on that fit him, but no, he's got the big shirt, but now with daiquiri mix, all of it as, you know, cause that's the only dry shirt left. So like to see like how those three shirts cycle through so many times throughout that episode. Cycle, <laughs> cycle through.
0: <laughs> it's also like, it goes back to the office thing. Like, When when Dwight and Michael go to like the corporate uh, house party, he's wearing the same shirt and tie as all of the waiter, the catering staff. So he makes Dwight switch with him. (laughs) So like it's really and that's the thing like that is such a small part of that joke, that show. But in this, you trace it through the whole thing. And it's not the only thing going on. It's just like a visual joke. They don't even mm-hmm. reference it all that much. It's just, he shows up with the, the tighter, awful. He, and He's the one kind of, he, he's so cloying with the hostess, like for the, the and he fills in the card himself. Mm-hmm. It's just like really, <laughs> and the tip jar, like the tip jar becomes like this really awful, cringy thing. It's like, let's bet on ourselves. Let's just take $20 at the end of the night. And he's counting out the change at the end of the night. And he, it's like $13 and 64 cents or something. Everybody Everyone else, else got gets 14,
1: but Henry, Henry gets like 13 and change. Cause he's the new guy.
0: <laughs> and then, and then Ken's like, welcome back, Henry. Like he's like, he's supposed to be happy about it. Like what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Jane, Jane Lynch. Oh God. Every episode, she does the funniest things. I don't know where they came from. I don't know if they were scripted, but every, it's she's a delight. She's so funny, so perfect, and so um, unblustered. Like, she's just, there are some where she kind of goes through extremes of emotion and gets mm-hmm. sad, but, like, just as plucky and strange as just perfect just so well well cast i like you really see that she's playing in it you know i i Mm -hmm. like i can't remember anything specific oh also like it's kind of funny that this housewarming awards is like the dundies
1: right it's like (laughs)
0: an arbitrary (laughs) i'm just gonna make a lot of comparisons to the office listeners which is
1: high praise because that's like (laughs) (laughs) my only comment on constance is Constant touching all the women.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So the the uh, racial element that joke that runs through where oh, Ken's God. trying not to be racist, <laughs> and I I don't want to say the joke because it's really inappropriate. But at one point, Adam Scott says they prefer the term, and that joke kills me. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's referring to the measurement of alcohol. There is a receptacle that sounds like another word. <laughs> and it's been this, run, it's like the shirt. He's like sh- slowly gathering, like <laughs> he's slow, slowly showing the guests at the party that he's race.
1: Well, it, it reminds me of, there was a, there was a joke from community, the show community, when they were trying to make a mascot that wasn't right specific to any, you know, gender race or anything. And the comment was not being racist is the new racist. And I feel like that's, that's, that's <laughs> this joke that describes this joke, him <laughs> trying not to be racist is him being racist.
0: <laughs> it's so good. And now I'm like, I'm remembering all of the, the, the racial tension in the, the second season episode where they go to the, <laughs> the funeral <laughs> and like all of that wrapped up. It just, it continues to play with that idea. It doesn't just like, Oh, that's fiery. Like, like, let's not touch it. They, they go back to the cringe in such a like unbridled way, which is really fun. <laughs> like that, something else I had written about this, ep- like I, each episode feels like a circle of hell. And it's like for, for each person, it depends on who it is. Like yeah. when the, the one where uh, it's, well, we can get to it, but like each one feels like a circle of hell and this feels like high school hell. Like you have to go to an event. It's like when you like a band would do like a fundraiser or clean up the stadium after a marching band events or that kind of mm-hmm. thing. It felt feels so much like that. You people have like super invested and super want to like follow the directions and get out on time and there's people who like could not care less always show up late it doesn't matter to them because it's all Mm bullshit like it 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 feels like after school activity you know in a in a weird way which is is really cool but also hell (laughs) like like they're uh, captured in these each venue each event like seems to needle and them in really fun ways and it's mm. just like awful to watch and also fun to watch <laughs> yeah.
1: one of the things i noticed with this watch too that you know just a sort of fun fact kind of thing as, as a way of i think you know i don't know if this was intentionally to solidify sort of the three core characters that when we first meet all the characters ron henry and casey are the only ones who are introduced with their last names oh, okay it's like when ron introduces himself to the hostess oh ron donald when, Kay, you know, when Henry comes in, this is Henry Pollard, but, like, we hear, oh, Roman, you know, uh, um, you know Kyle, uh, uh, you know, Constance. Like, he's only referring to them by their first names because they're kind mm-hmm. of already there. And then when Casey comes in and introduces herself to, Ken, to, to Henry, she says, oh, Casey Klein. So, like, it was kind of an interesting little thing I noticed. Like, you know, I don't know if that's, like, a writer's trick of, like, oh, if you know the person's full name, you're going to kind of be more invested in them oh, as opposed to the side characters who are only... And I think later on we do learn some of their other last names but i just that was just something
0: i i happened to notice this time through yeah that makes me think also like because casey's a comedian and that like casey klein is a great like stage name also like so i think there's something to it yeah where it's (laughs) like it's very like this is my professional name like this is not (laughs) what i do like it seems like part of part of her character is also to have a very clear like this is who i am right even though she's constantly kind of working through that dilemma like who Mm -hmm. she is and what what defines her and what's going to make her happy like that that introduction and getting her like not like shakes his hand or something like introduces herself like in a way that nobody else does you know Mm -hmm. kyle doesn't seem to give two shits (laughs) roman's just doing like constant i think actually like hi henry like she she's like really warm and welcoming (laughs) Yeah, in, in a very yeah. That's an interesting shift.
1: Make, an, make another office office reference. Her her saying hi to him reminds me of the you know um, uh, uh, I can't remember her name, but when Andy's doing the thing, oh hi Nard dog, I'm so and so. Like the way oh. she's I can't remember what her name is, <laughs> but like the fact that she's like, t- him <laughs> like Like his name Nard dog is like a personally like you know a, a perfectly valid name and part of this introduction. You know,
0: Lou Peachum. Her name Lou is Peachum. Lou Peachum. Yep. <laughs> Because they're doing the like the the shark seminar. They're they're like, here's yeah. a small business thing, mm-hmm. and then it's it's to just <laughs> rake in some business. That's right. <laughs> Lou um, Peach, that that was that was in deep.
1: <laughs> so the, the other thing I want to mention about this episode is this, you know, as part of you know, it I feel like we're gonna talk a little bit more about this one because it is the first episode. It's introducing a lot of stuff. So I think this one, this, you know is going to have more information kind of coming at you so one of the other things this being the first episode this is where we first learn of ron's super crackers dream <sighs> uh, that's what that's what he's building towards he wants to run own and run his own super crackers he which says... is known for their salads you
0: know all you think salads <laughs> oh, no they're, they're known for their salad and their oh, soup. okay <laughs> it's, the way he says super crackers it's like in like the back like of his mouth it's almost like he's whispering it every time it's like sensual it's, to him it's perfectly irritating yeah like it is so the right way to do it and it needs i don't know like, yeah ken's hilarious and he just keeps saying it when he brings it up to the rappers I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah we'll God. get there we'll get there <laughs> little it's a little sizzle a little sizzle for the (laughs)
1: super crackers (laughs) yeah but this is where the seed is first planted and we see okay this is the thing this is this is ron's whole like like core this is his driving thing i used to be a mess i got my act together i want to run a super crackers this is you know this and and that's what's kind of funny in a way too i feel like the you know the contrast between him and henry you know like Mm -hmm. that you know, some would say that Ron's doing better than Henry because, oh yeah, I'm working at this catering company. I'm a great manager and I'm going to run a super crackers. A lot of people like, yeah, that's the, that's the American dream. That's great. You're going to do great. And like Henry, oh, wash up, washed up actor, you know, but like that idea of like, you know, wanting to do something creative, you know, this is, this is again, the type of conversation I've seen myself on the other side of like someone who's being successful at something that is very meaningful to them and it's like good for them but it's like i do not want that life at, at all you know i'm like you know james Vanderbeek and and varsity blues i don't want your life you know like <laughs> like you do that that sounds stupid to me you know like
0: it's 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 also like what a little kid thinks being an adult is and what a mm. success is you know like yeah. this is what the grown-ups do and yeah. i think that's so central to that character mm-hmm. like. What he thinks it should look like, mm-hmm. and it, I, in the reunion episode, which like yeah, <laughs> like we'll get to it, listeners. Yeah. Sorry, like there's so much in it, and it like you what this episode does such a great job is establishes the dynamic and establishes the players. It is so clear what the show is from this episode. Mm-hmm. It's not like a pilot that gets reworked, and mm-hmm. I think that's also I think that's the stars thing. I think they didn't. I'm sure they had a pilot but I think it was, it was always meant to be 10 episodes and it feels that way, you know, like it's written that way.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, as, as part of this too, one of the things that I really like about it is, you know, when we meet Ron, he seems like a douche, but he seems so together. But then once he like breaks the bottle on his shirt, like we see him starting to fall apart. And then my, the, the climax of that, which I, which I love, I mean, I hate it, but I love it is when he like threatens the little girl and and I was just like, I was like, my note for that is capitalism and the American dream makes you a monster. Like mm. like the fact that he's like everything is riding on like he's judging his whole self-worth on. Being a good manager and being able to have the super crackers and, and that's, that's the only way he can kind of like have any value and prove to himself in the world that he's not, he's not Bluto anymore, you know, mm. and it's like, it comes down to it where it's just like, I'm going to threaten this child, like in her own home at her parents party, like just how stupid that is too like, how does he not expect that to get back to them, but like. To the degree, like I will just destroy you. You know, it's just like like the the amount of panic that that pushes him mm-hmm. to, and you know, and you know, and, again, and isn't I'm it juxtaposed it's
0: with idea. Kyle? Like Kyle's with the daughter, right? Like yeah, and they're so like, like hooking
1: the, up, and you know, the, the contrast is also between, between,
0: up yeah, there, there's a problem there. I would <laughs> yeah. I'm no ages were disclosed in this episode. That's not great, but yeah. the but no, just that, um, and also the. The juxtaposition of Kyle, who is taking it zero seriously, like he doesn't—he's not even insulted anything Ron says to him. he just like flows through him. Like it—it's crazy the difference between those two, mm-hmm. and it, it's again very high school. It seems like this is the the dude who's like doing the AP classes and like me. Like I hate—I hate him because he's me. Like, <laughs> He is very tall, yes. (laughs) Him and Jason Siegel. I've always like, I hate that those are the guys in the movies that look like me. (laughs) Uh, We're large, but we don't all have to look like Goofy. All right, we we should move on to the second episode here. This is my favorite episode. This is the funniest joke. This whole episode is to do a burning the flag joke. (laughs) <laughs> this is California College Conservative Union Caucus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They sure put the in caucus. Um, the I. Is this legal? Is this episode? Can they do what they've done in this episode, Tim? Like, that's all I mean, my notes. It's. Finally, I mean, it, it's like the shirts. They do it and they said it. It's all it's like Sorry. It's It's like Mousetrap, right? It's like all these little
1: machines and one triggers the other and it's like, you know, by the end of it.
0: Yeah. It's (laughs) Chekhov's burn the flag episode. It's like in the you see the flag so soon and they just barbecue sauce and so much worse. I don't know that it's legal and I think that's why it's so funny because it's, it's that I shouldn't be laughing at this thing. I don't know if it's just like my, my upbringing I'm, a, I'm my dad is a marine so I have a very specific relation to the symbology of the flag mm. and like I have let a lot of that go and I've, I'm more <laughs> less capitalistic more less nationalistic about things this is not super political but like it's just it's still a, a powerful symbol regardless of your relationship to nationalism or all of that thing and you're not supposed to do stuff to it like you're not supposed to even fly it in bad weather if it doesn't have a light or it's not an all-weather flag like they have different kinds of so the whole time I'm like they're not gonna oh no they're doing I can they do seriously I'm like watching it I'm checking like is the NSA on their way are we allowed to watch this this unfold (laughs) literally
1: well, and I mean, part of what I wonder, again, this was like from what, like 2009-ish? I think I think I had my notes that episode one aired March 20th, 2009. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, so like, yeah, so like mid 2009-ish, I mean, I, I can't remember that far back exactly, but I know that um, a lot of you know, people looking out for things like that and, like, blowing up about it on social media. I don't know that it happened that much back then. So probably part of how they got away with it is that the people who watched it, maybe they were fans of the shows and they were kind of like, oh, man, this is funny and awkward, but they didn't run to Twitter to be like, Rob Thomas for burning a flag on this show. We're going to tear, we're going to cancel him. We're going to tear him down, you know. So I think that's probably a big part of it is just that, like, at the time you know the the i feel like the peop, most of the people who would have been super offended probably didn't watch that show um you know probably cuz if you told them oh it's a show about wannabe actors they probably f- them you know like
0: so you know well, it's also and, like it's commentary like the whole episode is commentary on right and i think that's another thing
1: people and, were much better about um uh with what's the word Uh, um, nuance back then. Mm -hmm. So like to see something like that and say, Oh, this isn't the show saying you should run out and burn the flag. This is this guy, you know, (laughs) trying to be, trying not to be a fuck up, but being a fuck up in the worst way, you know, like this is, you know, yeah. And I think that's, that's the big difference with stuff like that is what is, what is the, the show trying to say about this action? You know, is this about someone protesting and saying we should burn the flag or is it someone who's an idiot and he's like, you know, only again, like, this is the part of that, that, that sort of like, you know, capitalism making you a monster thing. I feel like this is him being like, I, you know, I, I need to do this thing so that I can have the present for Arnold because this is going to be my chance. But, you know, and just so like lost in his head that he doesn't almost doesn't realize what he's doing and that he shouldn't be doing it or whatever. I mean, I also wonder if like technically the way they got around it is maybe it wasn't actually an American flag. Like maybe right. they made a flag that was shaped differently and said oh the, if we hold this it, up it yeah. does, it's not actually a flag and we're gonna it has some stripes and some blue but maybe it wasn't actually an american flag so that we can burn this and you know and maybe there was footage of that in case anyone said like hey you burn like nope this is the flag we burned watch the right. what we're doing
0: you know so that well, that's the thing it's it's held in a certain way i'm maybe there's a, a fewer amount of stripes or less stars but then also when it's bleached out like there it just looks like a it's got red paint on it you know like it's so easy yeah that's something i was wondering too like the the fancy prop footwork like wouldn't that be an interesting day to go into work it's like okay we have to find a way to legally do this right yeah (laughs) what what makes the flag the flag and what can we how many things do we have to remove so it still looks like it like that'd be a fun day props (laughs) yeah they probably
1: had to hire someone yeah, like maybe someone who's in the military and be a flag like flag consultant. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm also sure on the other end of the spectrum, you can't have an actual flag that's been out in battle and have that as a prop in a movie. So even the original flag that they're that they're using, I'm sure that wasn't a real American flag, you know, because that did have damage, like battle damage to it. But I'm sure they can't use a real battle damage flag, so they had to recreate that. So I'm sure. Yeah, probably every step of the way, it's not a real American... If you were to hold it up, it's not a real American flag. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just kind of... You know, it's like this
0: misdirection of the, you know... um, It's funny to me, like, when Ron discovers the barbecue sauce, all I can think (laughs) of is Denzel in American Hustle. You blot that! Like, don't put it in the... (laughs) Do not put it in the washing machine. Just dab that (laughs) off and don't touch it. He's so willing to be led is -hmm. the other thing that's really interesting about Mm -hmm. him. Like he wants hierarchy. He wants someone to say, this is the road to success. Follow it. You know, like he, 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 I, the, the metaphor is so apparent now, since you said that about it being American capitalism. Funny, funny that this. (laughs) This show, this vehicle, this goofball character is so much about what we try to get as a part of the American dream a small mm-hmm. business owner. Like what lengths you'll go, and also like where he wants structure. He wants he wants mm-hmm. a way to do the thing, and he doesn't. He doesn't know what that is. Yeah. He thinks he knows.
1: Well, and part of that too. One of my notes is you know Josh Gad is a perfect number. Oh my three. god. Right. Yes. Where where he's not in charge, but he's gonna take advantage of everyone who's underneath him and be shitty to so so Ron, that's someone he can boss around because that's not the president or vice president. You know, he can, you know, and Ron also doesn't know him, doesn't know what his you know reputation is within this group. So he can turn to Ron and be like, Hey, you know, I'm not number one, but I'm ahead of you. So I'm gonna tell you what to do and talk to you like you're an (laughs) ass. You know, and that that whole thing I love, I thought he was perfect with that, like where you think he's this kind of more um, almost like, you know, he comes across as being a powerful person because he's but very a he's on the phone. Yeah. But, but you see that the guys who have the real power are much more chill because they actually mm-hmm. have power. And he's, because he's number three, he's compensating or overcompensating, you know, and that like that, that is, is he he plays that so perfectly where like you, you believe that he believes how much in charge he is, but you can, you can kind of tell that it's just like, Oh, this is, part of an act this is part of you convincing yourself of this you know um so i thought that was that was also a great part of that Like and like you said him wanting to be led him wanting to be this chain of command and to find someone who is one notch above him like okay yep i'll I'll follow you you're you're the guy
0: you know that's the thing the other thing about gad is like the the hypocrisy is so good and subtle Mm -hmm. because he's perfectly happy to give the cuban cigars and mm-hmm. he knows not to bring that up and tell everybody to do it because it causes this big ruckus. So, right. he, he, in his machinations to go to the top, he's undermining the values that he's told. It, it's perfect. Like, it, it, it is what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, one of my other notes here. Um, first of all, I love Constance's pep talk because I feel like (laughs) this is what's great about her too, is that like, you know, there, there is a sense of, uh, like toxic positivity that comes across from her yet somehow it like skirt, it like walks the line because I feel like she, she at least lives it. Like most of the people I've gotten toxic positivity from are, are people who, they don't have their life figured out and it's almost like i almost wonder if it's a sense of like oh at least my life's figured out better than you so i'm going to tell you you should be positive you know but at least from constance like you know enough about her personality that she's just this is who she is she's such a positive person and you know she believes she's lived a great life you know she's always talking about her stuff that she's done and and you know and that sort of thing and i think maybe part of it to her is that like she's led a good life like not because she's gotten the success that everybody seems to be looking for around her. It's it's sort of the journey along the way. Like those are the things that have made her life so good. And you know, she's trying to impart that on people and and this is the perfect culmination of that too and i love it's the perfect like twist ending too where you know most people will give you that pep talk and it's like oh the next day he was discovered happy and you know he died you know (laughs) like our dreams keep us alive and it's just like oh (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that she sees that is like you know this was a great pep talk i just gave you Uh, how (laughs) how handsy she is while she's doing it too and and his reaction to her just like oh god like she's right on top of me she's
0: really (laughs) in his face like the proximity is the the other thing is like it's not preachy she's never Mm -hmm. preaching when she's saying stuff and even she's undermining it as she's saying it too which i think is why it works because Mm -hmm. she's like positivity positivity and then she also gives the reality yeah of it like she's not she's not doing one without the other ever any of her stories have like this awful trauma and this self-realization and acceptance to it it's like she's going through grief in every speech and she's just (laughs) nailing it like she's so good yeah well and it's also a
1: perfect um contrast within this episode to the whole idea of the you know the republic work hard and you'll be successful you know like that's that and it's like you know and this is the other side of that like oh follow your dreams. And even if you're never successful, at least you followed your dreams and then you'll die, you know? like, <laughs> And it's like, you know, the more accurate representation of how life actually works. And it's like, you know, you could either give up on your dreams early and die early. Cause I was the only thing keeping you alive, or you can keep dreaming and live longer and never reach your dreams, but at least you lived longer. And, you know, and, and then the other part of that I love is, um, uh, is, is it this episode where Roman comes in and talks about it's how the terror bird, you, yeah, it's the, universe the height is of the great, bird. Oh,
0: oh yeah (laughs) that's one of my (laughs) favorite
1: jokes in this whole series is the you know and and and, you know yeah like i actually was funny like krista was walking through and i like paused it because this was coming up and i was like here it is babe and i like played it for her you know the you know it's a 10 foot bird constance how big how big would a bird have to be for you to be like scared of it i don't know 100 feet 200 feet i i I, that's such a good question like that that, that's the favorite my favorite punk like punctuation to that is that's such a good question that she's just like oh, I I, I want to give this question so much thought because it's so thought provoking. <laughs> it's just like the, this thing of like trying to make fun of Roy and how immediately like Ronan is like, nope, you're wrong. Like, you know, 10 feet is not, it has to be at least a hundred feet. It was just like so good. And like how, like, I, I think what of my, I, I mean, aside from, um, like I, I guess one of my favorite side relationships is definitely Kyle and Constance. Like they yes. they are so wholesome in this. And there's actually an episode later where you see a little bit of a uh, uh, tension between there, yeah. but like where it goes,
0: like like I almost tear up every time I watch. It's so it. beautiful. Like yeah. I I love that episode. Yeah. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get yeah. to it. I love. There's an exchange between Casey and Henry in this one where he says, <laughs> yeah. "Do you want my advice?" And she says, "No." And it's the end of the sentence. And it's like that. It's so it clicked for me so well. It's like this. Uh, it reframed the whole relationship through this first season for me. It's like, that's the dynamic. You're not the nice guy. I'm screwing you and we're having fun. And it turns into something. But I don't give a care what your advice is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with this. Let me deal with it. I don't need you to fix it. Just sit over like it. Like, I loved that. I love that. I love that. And it was no. It was no was a full sentence. Right. And that's an important thing. She's yeah. not apologizing, she's not explaining. Yeah. I don't want your advice on this.
1: Yeah. Well, cuz like yeah, like that's part of it too. Like number 1, like you don't have your together, why should I be taking advice from you? But then the other the flip side of it, what I also really like about that is that that uh Henry doesn't do the typical like incel response of like what a bitch, you know? It's kind right. of like he just kind of goes about his day and it's kind of like shocking and maybe a little insulting, but maybe he also has that realization of like, yeah, she probably shouldn't take advice from me, you know? And it's then also like
0: part of their chemistry too. Cause like, yeah. that's the answer she would give even playfully. Yeah. She would be like, I don't care. Yeah. Even if she did want his advice, which she does ask him for it, but like <laughs> let her ask you for it too. Yeah. Like I, it was, it's great. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I, I think he definitely plays that. And, and again, this is another thing I've kind of seen in him he plays that broken man very well where every time you forget how broken you are, like someone will remind you and you slip and you're like, Oh yeah. Where it's kind of like, Hey, Oh no, she's right. I shouldn't give her my advice, (laughs) you know, like, like, you know, and and I think that's like, again, it plays so well into his character because that's where he's at, you know, like, you know, like you 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 try to kind of climb back from that and like, oh, maybe maybe I could help this person. Like, nope, no, nope, I can't even help myself. I should not be trying to help anyone else, <laughs> you know, and like, you know, and that's I feel like you know, a lot of times maybe that's where you want to be, not why won't this bitch take my advice, which is the response most dudes would have in that situation, you know. So I think that's like, you know, it's again great. And it shows, um, you know, yeah, like like you said, that's that's her dynamic, that's what her responses are like. So it shows that they're building a relationship on this reality of who each other is not like oh i better tell this boy i want his advice so
0: he'll like me you know she's not concerned with that you know and that it's also makes like, you know, her great, it's a nice know? dynamic for him where it's like oh i don't have to do that mm-hmm. i think that's also the, like it kind of hits it knocks him back he's like oh but it's also yeah. like oh i don't have to devote ram to that either <laughs> yeah. which is mm-hmm. kind of nice too like that's not how the sitcom would go, you know, normally, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Episode three, Pepper McMaster's single seminar. This, oh, wait, this wait, can
1: I make I want yeah, absolutely, absolutely. to make absolutely.
0: Jump jump back. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's one little thing also that happens in this episode that I didn't realize at first, but this is the first time we we see because all the characters, like they're this, you know, they're wearing their uniforms all the time. So, we have no idea of their personality beyond what their uniform is. Right. But when Constance comes back with the cigars, we see her in her jean jacket and this like colorful over the shoulder bag. And that's like the first hint of like an actual personality beyond the job. I mean, we, you know, again, we see, but I, I guess you just say personal, but like personal expression in
0: terms of yeah, their own fashion. Yeah, I didn't notice that this time. So that,
1: yeah, that was something really, really cool that I kind of caught on to. And we see that start to happen a little bit more. And I think I mentioned that in some of the other episodes too.
0: That's cool. That's a cool thing. To, and also, like, that is such a, because she's such a free spirit. She's from a certain mm-hmm. generation. She seems kind of hippie moon child in yeah. the best possible way. So that is such a great, maybe I didn't clock it because it just made so much sense. It's like, that's who she right. is. But yeah, like that's that's great. Like the uniformity mm-hmm. of of that outfit and how silly it is with the pink bow tie. Like it's like neon, it's like party city, like gross, you know, that <laughs> neon pink. And it, it, it's, it's an aesthetic for sure. <laughs> so episode three is Pepper McMaster's single seminar. And this is where I wrote Circles of Hell because this episode is so much about the fear of age Mm -hmm. and okay yeah and it it is I don't know if I just have seen M. Night Shyamalan's old too recently or just caught like I am starting to get to the age where I say I'm getting to the age and also thinking about what that means what what will happen where your place is and it's all like Constance is a great POV for that because I'm not old who's this old man what happened to your face 25 yeah. years like it it's she's so good as a vehicle for that emotion because we love her already it's episode mm-hmm. three we love yeah. her we know what she's about and yeah we already know that she's kind of in, in denial about her age too which is mm-hmm. a, an a cool. Yeah, it's like cycles of hell that show us more of each character every episode. <laughs>
1: I am I am Constance in this episode. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I said I've been every character. This is me. This is me like hanging out with people younger than me, wanting to see them as my peers. And then I see someone who's my age and I'm like, what the
0: fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. Like, nope, that is you. <laughs> it was like watching a mummy battle is one of the quotes <laughs> that I just... Ooh. <laughs> oh, and it's like, doesn't Ron has like some trauma. He walked in on his grandparents yeah. and they didn't hear him. So he mm-hmm. has this like justifiable trauma about it and everybody else is being kind of ageist and gross about it. And like, it, it's it's a genuine fear and it, it's, it's a hard topic. Like it, it's hard to kind of, I, uh, uh, George Romero did a movie called Am- Amusement Park that was kind of lost and Shudder kind of brought it back. And it's all about the fear of old age it messed me up, man. Like it, it's, it's a heavy, heavy topic. And to talk about it with any kind of honesty about it without tripping people. I don't know. Like this is, I feel better for Constance at the end of this. Like she doesn't seem as afraid. Mm-hmm. We go through that journey with her. Also it's great to see uh big uh, <laughs> alopecia guy from uh, <laughs> arrested <laughs> development, Stan Sitwell. Like <laughs> I love him. I think he's really funny and the boner pill bomb like yeah. <laughs> that's I, I love how long it takes for that to pay off too right. i i like that we we're learning more about it. it's not just instant you kind of learn the chemistry of like all of the yeah. right things have to be there too right. <laughs> boom <laughs>
1: I love the two that we, like, we definitely, um, yeah, I, I, have, I have a lot of notes where we we learn a lot more about Roman in this episode mm-hmm. because of the whole, like, first of all, this is the first time you mentioned the hard sci-fi, you know, where it's like, okay, he's that guy. Not only is he a pretentious writer, he's also a hard sci-fi guy. Right. And it's like, I feel like you can be into sci-fi, but if you say hard sci-fi, then it's like, okay, come on, you know, yeah. like. Like regular sci-fi is not hard enough for you know it's like like it's who are you trying of to prove? like like, like
0: <laughs> it's gateway then, it, it, like it's gatekeeping it's yeah. literally like the uh, the access to my care and affection and and attention is that you have to do all this reading like <laughs> <fuck> <laughs> you man like <laughs> yeah
1: I feel like it's also a way of like convincing yourself that you're so smart and smarter than other people. Because like, oh, if I know that this science is actually plausible and that they focus on the science, then then, yes, that's valuable. But if you're just going to, you know, like like I think this is where they mentioned. Yeah, it's because he says something about George Lucas, right? Because like Kyle is trying to prank him back uh-huh. and he's like, oh, George Lucas is kiddie. Bull- I'm hard sci fi, you know, and I feel like I've had that not that abrupt and harsh, but like that. Uh, I recent well, not recently, but within the past few years, I went most of my life thinking Star Wars was sci-fi. And it was only within the past maybe ten years or so when it was brought, oh, like it's, you know, it's it's actually fantasy because the force. It's not a scientific thing. And it was just like, and part of me was just like, okay, well, that doesn't change Star Wars for me. Like, you know, but the fact that there are people out there who care that much about it and get angry about it and whatever it's just like, okay, like, you do you, I guess. Like, enjoy being pissed off at
0: Star Wars because there's the Force or, you know, whatever. Oh God, like, I, we shouldn't talk about it before the porn award episode. Yeah, but yeah like, that, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the, the idea. Yeah. The <laughs> idea that they are disconnected makes no sense to me. I don't understand people who don't like both because they're both whimsical and amazing. I don't get that. Like, sci-fi and fantasy... They put the books next to each other in the book sh- shops and, yeah. and the library. Like you're in the same area. It's all fancy, you yeah. know, like. Well, and,
1: and that's the thing. It's, it's all it's all it's all fiction. Like it's that 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 ridiculous part of it where it's like my fiction is more valid than your fiction. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? You know. And I mean, and and I mean, you know, for me too, like I say all the time, it's for me, it's more about the metaphor. And I feel like that's what both that's probably why they're both next to each other. Like they both use whatever they're using as a metaphor for something, you know, current and modern in our life. And to me, that's where like hard sci fi usually loses me because it's like too wrapped up in the technology you know, to to actually just be like, okay, here's this thing that represents this other thing. It's like, okay, got it, moving on with the story. Like, I don't need to know how that thing works in this pretend world, you know? So, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, again, it's just insight into him, like, oh, you're that guy, you know? Um, and then soon after that, we get the get in line, bro. So it's like, oh, okay, you're, yeah. you're even worse than I saw, thought. You know, yeah. I thought you were worse at the beginning. Now you're even more worse, you know? So we start to see that little, little thing coming up.
0: There's a, a running joke in this one that I really like is the no personal activity on company pond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Jane says it in the first, it's like the finish each other's sandwiches joke, but yeah. in it's, it's almost, you don't hear it the first time she says, because everybody gives the yeah. answer time and she says pond and it's slightly, slightly quiet and it's slightly delayed. But she brings it back when they said no fooling around on Company Pond. <laughs> and it's just it's such a little joke. And she just says it so earnestly. Like, I, I love that bit of it, too. And this rewatch, I started to like Kyle more mm-hmm. because he's so just floating through it. He's not a dick. Right. He's only messing with Roman because Roman's an asshole. It's fun to needle in. It's yeah. not that he's a bully. That's the thing. Like he's very coded bully with the hair. He's a model. He's kind of dumb and he's going after girls and stuff and he's like, but he's confident. He's not rude. He's not off. like, it's really interesting to kind of see that dynamic between them because Mm there's so so extreme versions of those two archetypes, you know, that because it's nerd versus jock, but it's not vicious jock this is just a dude who's that we have to do this we're here we get a paycheck mm-hmm. like let's make it fun while we're doing it's it's almost there's a halpertness to him like the Jim mm. Halpert archetype is somewhere between Henry and Kyle yeah in here and it's that's really interesting
1: yeah yeah like it's one of those things like with Kyle it's like okay it's not his fault that he was born handsome. And it's like, and I feel like, you know, all of us are trying to use what we have to get by in life. So it just so happens that the stuff he has is the stuff that most people want. Whereas, like, with Roman, you know, and I feel like that's part of it with Roman too is like, you know, yeah, Roman is obviously the (laughs) shittier person because while Kyle is good looking and you expect him to be the (laughs) shitty person because he's good looking, like, he's just doing his thing. And then where you have Roman who hates him just because he's good looking, not because of what he's actually doing and stuff like that. And even yeah and that's part of it too is like I feel like especially later on Roman tends to get very like predatory that comes up in a later episode too whereas mm-hmm. with Kyle like women are drawn to him and right. he's not going to push them away he's going to kind of go with it but he's not you know um like yeah again we'll we'll talk about that one later but but yeah like he's you know and and most of his conversations are like you know him being kind of a, yeah a nice guy and just kind of doing stuff and you know, not, not trying to like, I mean, yeah, he's kind of dumb. So when he tries to prank Roman, it doesn't work, you know, right. but you know, and that's the thing too is Roman's the one who actually <laughs> him up by having him shave his eyebrow off, you know? So it's like, you. Roman's the dick in that scenario, you know? And, but yeah, yeah. Kyle, you definitely like, I feel like if maybe, and I, I can't remember, but like, yeah, I feel like if you go into it disliking Kyle, like it's probably because you knew someone who was good looking, who you resented in high school, not because of anything Kyle's actually doing to make him un- unlikable, you know? like <laughs> Get out of my head. I don't
0: appreciate that. I don't want, I don't need yeah. that
1: commentary. I don't well, want like to I be said, better. I probably felt that way too the first time I watched Like, Kyle's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that was, so this is kind of with Kyle. This is something I thought that really stood out to me. The part where, um, I think Kyle says it to Roman or maybe vice versa, but when it says, oh, hey, the lady in the pants suit wants to give you a blowjay in her Buick Skylark. Because a Buick Skylark was my first car, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs>
1: so that that really jumped out of me. It's like, hey,
0: <laughs> I feel like Buick is the funniest car. I feel like Buicks yeah. come up a lot in comedy. <laughs> like it's a Buick LeBaron or something. Or no. Whatever the John Voice car in, in Seinfeld. I don't know why no, I'm, I'm sure. talking like you would know that reference because you don't like I Seinfeld. would not. <laughs> I would not and I will not. I don't frankly, I don't understand the question and I won't answer it.
1: <laughs> but yes, yeah, I feel like they're still making them, but we never talk about it. Like it's you know, I feel like yeah, other cars come up and it's like one of those, hey, remember Buick's? Like, oh yeah, that's right.
0: still a thing, yeah. <laughs> It might be also like more neutral from a marketing stand. Yeah. Like they might have to pay to say anybody else's. Oh thing. right, yeah, that's probably true. It's like just use this. It's fine. Whatever, yeah. whatever the context. I just I love the whole
1: like smoking pot in the bathroom scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's so good. It's so fun. But it's also I love how awkward it gets. It gets with Constance, the other guy started, and Henry's just kind of there. Like like again, that's been me. Like a lot of times when when the few times I've smoked, it's like very like, I, I'm always the outsider because I'm always doing it with people who are so much more comfortable with it, and I'm always, right. like, working really hard at it. I think I've told you a few of my awkward stories where I'm kind of just, like, there observing, and it's just, like, just like watching his face as that's happening, and he's just, like, getting more uncomfortable, but, like, he can't leave. Like, he doesn't know how to leave. It's you know? high
0: school, dude. It That, again, <laughs> it's back to that, like, <laughs> that's crazy. And then when Ron comes in, sticks like, pot here, what are you doing? hot?
1: such a great like stoner answer just the way like they're just like (laughs) like it's funny like they're caught but they don't care you know so and then just the way the episode ends we see this this huge jump with uh uh with casey and henry's relationship right Mm. this is where she announces i'm getting a divorce i love that too because he's like stoned and he's like oh i want to tell my friend at work this funny thing that happened like it's so cute and innocent how he runs to her And then she's like, I'm getting a divorce. And he's like trying to like comfort. I was just like, he's like awkwardly putting his hand on her shoulder, like trying to be comforting, but he's too stoned. And then she just like jumps on him. And it's just like this perfect like culmination. Like, you know, it's like, you know, she, she makes the first move. It's not him being a creep. You're divorced. I'm going to, I'm going to pounce on you. It's like, you know, him, him, like, being a friend to her first right like yeah. that's his first impulse and then but then she jumps on him and it's like you know we're all cheering for them now and it's like episode three like this is moving this is this is happening
0: right. you know well that's the thing like they they again their chemistry is so palpable mm-hmm. it's such a natural and like i i i forget the context of he's high in that moment and that that really contributes to it too like he he's not again not predatory not mm-hmm. just waiting in the wings or anything it's like it it's fun we're we're kind of feeling out that dynamic it's flirty and obviously she's going through <laughs> like yeah that, that i mean the fact that the boyfriend shows up to her work in the first episode or the yeah the husband, husband yeah. i guess excuse me <laughs> but like it's just that how toxic that is like all yeah. just awful in there this has got to go to work with roman like how <laughs> <shitty of laughs> and you're a female comedian at this time in history like that is such a specific context for a character yeah. and like it, it all right episode four investors dinner this is insane ken when ken realizes that the gun in his the whole, okay, the whole journey of- You're jumping hey, right there, okay. I'm sorry. It's it's the most crazy- It's like with exploring.
1: the flag one. You're like, okay. the flag.
0: It's like, I'm okay, sorry. that's like the last 30 seconds. You pre- preface this one. Then. let I'll let you go through your notes. So I'm just excited okay. to talk about it. I think- Yeah, no,
1: yeah. No, it's, it's definitely great. No, but yeah, so so one of the things, and, and again, this was like a, a through line. Um, this one, we, we, again, see more of their own clothes because when Constance shows up, she has that same bag on. And we see Henry and um, Casey getting out of their cars and they don't have their uniforms on yet. So he's got this kind of like like fleece kind of thing on. She's got like a leather jacket on, like a blue shirt underneath. So it's just, again, it's really cool, especially with that moment. It's the episode after they've had sex. So we're kind of seeing them more as two people. And we're not sure, like, did they hang out outside of work? Is this the first time they've seen each other since they had sex? And which you kind of gather that after the conversation because it is kind of like, it seems like the first time they're talking about it, um, which I like this whole thing, too, where, you know, I, I've i seen this game in other shows. And it is frustrating where, you know, you'll see one person say like, you know, one person has more feelings than the other person says, I don't want to do anything to it. And the other person has to like overcompensate. And I feel like a little of this here where you, you can see that Henry's like interested in her, but she's kind of like, oh, yeah, I should apologize. You know, she's trying to like almost like back out of it. Right. So then he's oh yeah the sex was adequate like I love that 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 idea of him trying to just like plant that seed of doubt to so that it's like he's not the one who's kind of the overbearing one it's like oh yeah it was fine and but then how that keeps like following its way through you know the rest of the and
0: episode. it's not in it like it it's it's negging but the whole tone of it seems playful not <laughs> shitty like yeah. he's he's doing it because he knows that she knows what it is is what I feel like watching it it doesn't feel like. He's doing it to like uh gaslight her. You mm. know, I I I that's how I read it, but like that that would be the issue, right? Yeah. Like yeah, Roman I think he's, doing he's... that is just like would right. hardcore neg and be shitty. Yeah. This seems like a, a continuation of their dynamic.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it seems like him, yeah, him trying to, like I said, overcompensate because he obviously has more feelings for her than she does at this point. So he's trying to like throw the scent off, you know, and kind of act all aloof about it. But he's, he's, you know, overdoing it, you know, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And which, yeah, like, I feel like even, even if you're going to (laughs) be, that's the way to do it, you know, to not be like, okay, I'm going to come at you harder, you know, and make you uncomfortable. It's like, oh, okay. You want this to be chill. How's this for chill? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. So I feel like there is a little bit of disappointment in him in that, which I feel like, you know like i feel like he's allowed to feel that you know like in in, in you know and you know yeah like i guess there's this part of it where it's like oh is he trying to do that like when she brings and then later she brings up the pancake lady right mm-hmm. the whole idea and um which i feel like is also you know the third step in that is when he goes to kiss her and oh i forgot you're not the pancake <laughs> you know so like again it's like you know again it, you could read that as him being being manipulative but like he doesn't kiss her like that's the, I, you know i feel like you know you're playing that in the sense of like yeah it's within his right to not kiss her but it's also like playful you know and i feel and like she
0: her reaction the way she plays it is so good too because she's like shocked and mad and kind of still intrigued by it it's like what is going on yeah. like she's not yeah. not understanding his wavelength and it's like why is this still attractive to but- yeah
1: well, and, and that's what's tough, too. Like, when you have feelings for someone and they've kind of drawn a line in the sand, like, I think it's hard to just, like, like how do you act with that person? Where they're kind of not like, I'm not interested, we're just friends. I feel like that's, that's I mean, if you're not an asshole, that's much easier to navigate, right? Yeah. We know what friends are. We know how right. you act with a friend. But if someone's like, oh, I kind of, I want to be more than friends in the, in, you know, in the sex part, but like, I'm not serious. It's like, well, now that becomes this much more gray area. You uh-huh. know, so it's like okay, like we may still have sex again, but if I, but I can't, you know, I, I'm, or I've already started catching feelings for you, but now I have to pull those back because you don't want that. So how do I kind of like navigate this area? And you know, and yeah, I, I guess there's a little bit of that sort of you know childish like, oh okay, well I'll I'll pull back even farther. And make you kind of come at me more, you know, come get me then. If you don't want me coming at you with my feelings, I'm going to pull back and make you come for me, kind of thing, Um, which is better than pulling pigtails, you know, like, but it's, you know, it's also,
0: it's not the shitty way to do it too, right? There's definitely a version where it would have been like violent Roman esque, right? Yeah. Roman esque (laughs) reaction. And that's the thing, like, it's because it's more nuanced and Mm -hmm. kind of, it's it's very much leaning into that gray area, and that's yeah. a harder or a harder line to tread. You know, like that that's a really difficult thing to get, and it, it's unique. You know, like I don't know that there's a whole lot of that reaction. You know, like mm-hmm. they, they'll. I think it's always that turned up to eleven. It's more awkward. There's more feelings, right. jealousy. There's more of that stuff. Whereas I think they really kind of kind of coast a little bit on it, like mm-hmm. instead of you know that yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I think part of it, too, and this is this is something that like when I was younger, kind of in the in the dating world, um, you know, I used to get criticized for this, like putting putting the ball in her court, you know, like I, I didn't do this, do this a lot. But like when if I would be at a bar and like talking to a woman like I usually wouldn't ask her for her phone number, I would give her my phone number. Mm -hmm. And be like, if you want to call me, you can call me. And like one of my friends would be like, no, you don't do that. You get her phone numbers. That way you're in control and you can call her instead of waiting. And it's just like, no, like I want her to call me. Who are those guys?
0: Why are we all friends with those guys? (laughs) And where do they come from and how are they doing now? Because (laughs) like... it's where is, that's, it, it's the movies. Like that's not right. reality. Sorry. Yeah, just, the whole, oh,
1: you're no. going to wait three days before your caller. Like, like, Oh yeah. We've all seen swingers. Like, you know, we get it. But that, that's not life, you know? And yeah. So, <laughs> so that was kind of like, you know, that that's kind of what it reminded me of is kind of like, you know, and I guess the, the difference being that he didn't lay his cards on the table and then be like bald in your court, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I'll pull back a little bit then and, and see if you're going to pursue me at all to show that maybe you have more feelings than you're letting on that. That's kind of what I saw too, is maybe he was like testing the waters. Like if she's really as neutral as she says she is, she won't care, but maybe if she is interested, she might pursue me a little bit. Cause if I, if I continue to pursue her, that might push her away if she's really not, you know? So, yeah, but yeah, it it establishes that it's like I said, it's in this weird gray area where they're not, being honest about their feelings maybe to themselves or to each other, definitely not to each other, but maybe also not to themselves, you know, maybe it's
0: also an interesting, like, like tension thing where it's like, they don't know each other that well either. Yeah. So like, how do you respond? Yeah. Do you get jealous? Is this a way like, right. it,
1: it, she like all... just said she's getting a divorce. Like the pay, there aren't even, there aren't even papers at that time. She just right. got off the phone, you know? It's, so it's like,
0: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, it's like, it's not an all or nothing thing, but it feels like it could be all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that, like you don't know the person and you're like, what is going to be the thing? did I say too much is what is the the line? And now that we're in this weird space, is that amplified too? Like, yeah. It's really a tightrope in this. See, it's a good thing you, you you need to preface some of these too, because I'll just go to the joke <laughs> because I yeah. think the joke's great.
1: <laughs> well, because that's part of it too. Because like, yeah, there's there's so many things. One one of the things I love about this show too is that every every episode has a completely different format because they're in a completely different, you know, again, to make the comparison to The Office, every episode you're in The Office. But this is like a new situation that they find themselves in every single time. So in a lot of ways, every every episode is self contained in that that kind of aspect of it. But also, yeah, like the the relationships are kind of moving forward throughout each episode and and interacting with their surroundings and how you know that type of thing, um, which definitely comes more to a head. I think is it the next episode when that the porn um yeah the porn awards
0: yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway. So a few things from this episode. Still, I'm halfway through four novels. <laughs> like- <laughs> that equals two novels. <laughs> I finished two novels. Two novels? I don't think that's true. Okay, I'm halfway through four <laughs> novels. I felt personally attacked by that line. <laughs> also, Ken talk or uh, Ron Donald talking about uh, the largest growing, fastest growing non poultry non coffee non coffee in yep. <laughs> North America or whatever. It's I think like it's Southern California. Southern California Cal- oh, it's specific yeah. to Southern California
1: yes i love i love his super crackers like it's evolving right it's it's, it's becoming more it's like he's he's continuing to do research and continuing to like be more more upset and again we see another level to that in the next episode too but yeah like you know having i feel like that's one of the things that's cool and this is this reminds me of me too is that every situation he's in, he finds some way to kind of relate his dream to that scenario. Like in the first episode, oh, you know, I could probably have a house like this someday when I have my Supercrackers. Right. And then, you know, in this one, it's like, oh, investment opportunity. Oh, if I could get this person, I can invest in super cra- You know, it's like it's so all. He's crackers.
0: looking at like saving four years. I can be yeah. closer to the goal. I know oh, what the. God. Right.
1: You know, we want to know when I felt seen. I can't do this for another four years. I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was like, "Oh God, that's that's me every four years." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, okay, this is this is the episode with Constance and Kyle, where oh, the rich yeah. deuce bag is mm-hmm. making her do farm animals for him. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, first of all, Jane Lynch just doing old McDonald characters. <laughs> She's genius. Just Tell like I would, <laughs> that's the whole episode. You could have done that for 30 minutes and I would have watched it. But the fact, like, the fact that she is so earnest and Kyle, and that's the thing, it, they really play with is Kyle going to be a douchebag mm-hmm. in this? And it because really feels like he's awkwardness
1: gonna. when she first comes up and it's right. like, which you're kind of like, okay, like he's, he's like, you know, like a young dude talking to another young dude. And it's right. kind of like, you know, you can tell his energy is different because they have more in common. They're more, right. doing more, you know, um, and they're talking about, you know, going to a club and like, oh, yeah, there'll be girls there, you know, like like this kind of even even keel kind of thing. And yeah. then, when she, yeah, so she first comes up and you're kind of, and it's you see Kyle kind of awkward, like, oh,
0: she's kind of harsh in his
1: buzz a little
0: bit. But it's but... more like a peer group thing. It's not it's not pity right. and ageist in the way that it becomes for the other guy. And that, that's such an important thing that they do is that 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 ambiguity of it, because you're not sure where it's coming from. In that moment is kyle yeah. just like mm-hmm. i don't like hanging out with because Con- they've yeah. been they've been the be- like closest friends they seem to have the most t- fun together yeah like even though <laughs> casey and henry are screwing like it's yeah, just right. like they have <laughs> like a, a friendship so you're like okay where where is this coming from and he comes to her rescue he, he <laughs> ices the guy and says like you oh just wait for me and he yeah. just leaves him outside the club i i loved and then goes hang, hangs out with Constance. yeah yeah like, and again
1: i tear up every time i see that like oh man he just ah he was kind of a douche let's go to this bar like i was just like oh my god like
0: <laughs> that's the thing like kyle is kind of an under underappreciated decent human being in the show you yeah. know I, I think it, it like it, it it's it's great. It has that heart to it. This weird show has a heart to it, and it's the, oh, yeah. the guy you think should is the bully, you know, like right. is coded bully. But I get she yeah with the te- the teats thing. <laughs> it's just like it's so funny. Like, she, yeah, and she just owns it too. Like that's what I love about it
1: too. Like I feel like, again, it fits her character where like no role is beneath her, and like no matter like oh, I think yeah, it's earlier in this episode too when it was like oh, I played a a musician who they like you played a prostitute, you know, yeah. like this is that same thing? But she's like, no, you got to create a whole backstory, even though it's just one line. Like so, there's that again, that through line of her just being a master of her craft, you know, <laughs> like like oh, barnyard animals, got it, okay, and and he's giving her notes and she's adjusting to them and. Like, like nailing it even more than she was before like a little more
0: physicality get it in you're like oh man (laughs) yes (laughs) and i love that the little tag like they're gonna go hang out but she's still doing the voices and kyle's like yeah let me hear what you got because she's like she's still participating in it but it's it's not malicious it's not to be shitty it's like she's funny she's fun she's enjoying whatever the illusion was and that's the other thing does he does he shatter that illusion because or is it just like she's enjoying it and she's Mm -hmm. getting like that yeah
1: yeah and yeah i kind of see that as like maybe his way of kind of letting her out her down easy like okay like we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna take this serious for a minute but then i'll be like oh yeah that guy was you know that guy was a douche yeah like no wonder why i didn't call you back you know and just kind of like but without being like yeah, kind. the harsh reality of like, oh, let me try these. No, that was that was a joke. That was bullshit. He was making fun of you. You know, it's like, oh, like let me let me steer this away. You know, slowly. Yeah.
0: Okay, now that we've talked about everything, let me talk about my favorite okay. thing. Yes, okay. Because Ken, like, in <laughs> Ron Donald has a gun pulled on him, which he thinks is a prop gun. Because that and showed the up me- earlier in the episode. He yeah. grows. It's Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's prop gun. He <laughs> grows three inches in that scene. Like, he is, like, you. And he, like, the most confidence, the most, like, bluster. And the way he wilts when he finds out it's a real gun. And, like, I was wondering, like, why Roman did this, like, to show him. As, like, it's it's a safety issue. He's like, no, I don't want you to die. He's like, this is the prop gun. Yeah. Like, but the way, it's like watching a train crash. Mm -hmm. Watching him go from erect and authoritative he's just like a tree in the wind like he's falling so and it takes him so long to fall and it just I don't own oh, the way he says oh no in it is again it'll die in the back of his throat it's like he's dead already like he I just melted I, The I uh, incredible physical performance and it's such an extreme so good so good to watch Mm -hmm. him wilt
1: (laughs) yeah it's like it's like watching those slow-mo videos when someone takes like a lego version of the death star and drops it on the ground yes (laughs) you see every individual piece coming apart individually little at a time and then eventually you just have a puddle of legos on the floor
0: And then to end end that episode discussion, just call me Mrs. Butterworth. Yeah, I have that too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you weren't the pan, you are the pancake lady. Just call me Mrs. We're, Butterworth. We're friends who just happen to F each other.
1: <laughs> that was the other <laughs> line I had from earlier when they're kind of establishing what their relationship is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the final episode in this episode of Countdown to Party Down, number five sensation award after party timothy so yeah so the first the,
1: the first note i wrote is just hang-ups which oh. like, i feel like this is this is the one i mean we've been we've been thinking it we've been wondering but i feel like this is the one that really establishes um roman as an incel yeah where it's like this idea of like oh i like sex hang-ups and you know and it, it's like you know, and then the way he's kind of responding to all these things, like, what what is it? Yeah, like when they're talking to the porn stars and he's like, oh, let's have a blowjob contest. And they, ter- you know, oh, you're stuck up bitches. And it's like, just because you think someone won't have sex with you, you know, you know, that like that, that just gets solidified in this episode. and It's just like, oh, man, like Roman is like, he's been getting <laughs> fittier and fittier. And this is the part where he like crosses that line and you're just like, OK, he's done. Um, so that was, yeah, that was one of the first things that, th- like, with this episode in general and how that runs through. And 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 again, like, Kyle's trying to help him. He's like, you know, just follow my lead. Like, I'll, you know, like, he's not like, you know, I mean, in, in the first episode when he goes to talk to the, the girl whose age we don't know, you know, he's more kind of like, oh, she's into me, bye. But this right. one, he's like, you know, he's trying to, like... I guess I don't know if Roman would, or maybe kind of be Roman's wingman, not really a wingman because he's not trying to get Roman. He's but genuinely he's trying of, to help.
0: And yeah, like, like the thing about Rome, like I understand how hard it is to see what Kyle's doing and not understand it, mm-hmm. right? Like I, like I, I get the cognitive dissonance of seeing whose boobs feel real yeah. versus the blowjob well, contest thing. And like, the I fact that on...
1: Kyle looks the way he does definitely helps. That is right. a factor. You can't like ignore that,
0: but yeah. But it's also like, it's just, he doesn't, the dude has like only watched porn. The way he's approaching is like, oh, in this environment, porn is reality is really the thing. And he, that's what he mm-hmm. thinks is that he's going to find that thing. It's it's what I have here is now I have a monkey heart. (laughs) That's my that's my first note. My second note is Big (laughs) Donald.
1: And I I have Ron's dick. That's what I have in here for that. Yep. (laughs) And then Constant goes, "What's ecstasy?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is a nice contrast to her line that comes up like twice. Oh, the Coke was so good back then. Like, I think that comes up with the, the, the single seminar and it comes up again in an uh, upcoming episode. But yeah, like that's that's her go-to is like, oh, the Coke was so good. back then.
0: <laughs> The the whole the 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 big on Ron as a component of all of the other stuff is just like, what? This is such an interesting way to be as a person. Like, <laughs> and when Casey sees it, she's just like. And she was she was on ecstasy. So yeah. what she saw, we she doesn't describe what she saw, but that's right. like sh- sh-
1: like <laughs> well, and I love too that they keep like alluding to it off camera, but then when she sees it and he's like trying to stuff yeah. it back. In, and you can tell it's just like a terrible prosthetic. Like, like there's no attempt made to make it look real. It's just like okay, let's just get like. You know, a uh, 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 pantyhose and just stuff it full of stuff. <laughs> you, just this, 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 you know, and like, I, I also love that. Like, you well, she sees it, but then also Henry sees it later. And how when he like rolls over after you got hit, he's just like, oh, and he, like backs into all, this stuff <laughs> and, like crashes in. Like it's just like holy <laughs> it, it has it has a similar vibe. You know, comparing things to like The Office, but to this, it's more like um, Parks and Rec with Jerry how when they're testing everybody for mumps and the doctor's like, that man has the biggest penis I've ever seen. I honestly don't know if he has mumps because I was too busy looking at the biggest penis I've ever seen. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, so it's a, that whole like, oh, it's the least guys you expect, you know, like, because you see Ron from the beginning and you're like, this guy's overcompensating, you know, but it's like, oh, he's not overcompensating for that. It's other stuff.
0: <laughs> he's, he has low self-worth, but it's not because of that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> The way he plays getting hit, seriously, every every episode he finds a new color of being hurt in the performance, and I don't know where it's go- like he he like shudders and his <laughs> voice breaks and yeah. he's just like convulsing <laughs> through it. I just just gonna pour one have, out for my like, man. here. full full body actors, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It, it i'm thinking of it a lot. it's like uh uh um Jim Carrey that yeah. physicality it's not as mm-hmm. been bombastic but the right. w- he's in tune with his instrument in a way that like yeah. is, is really phenomenal like i I'm, I'm imagining him and uh, will ferrell in a movie together and it might oh, just explode like i think that would be <laughs> <That's> <laughs> even like... if it was just a <laughs> It's like Abbott and Abbott, you know, like <laughs>
1: <laughs> no Costello. We don't, we know.
0: <laughs> I love that. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Abbott and Abbott, no Costellos. <laughs> you check that Costello <laughs> <at the> door. This <laughs> is Abbott's house. And I. What's the surprise?
1: So, oh, so wait, but oh, so before that, I just want <laughs> to mention, this is another great sort of coming together of two, two things too. Like when, when Roman, almost gets it like when he's talking to monkey heart woman
0: monkey and,
1: and like and, you know you, you think like oh look he he learned all the stuff that you know and he sees and and you know i feel like that's part of it too is like you can't just sort of like file wildly you've got you know in like finding someone who he kind of has something in common with so yeah. like, okay i know how to talk to her if she's into sci-fi and then i love the point too that there's that moment where he makes the decision you see him like make the decision Holding the glass of water—that's <sighs> fantasy, you know. Like he could have gone the other way; he could have just been like, "Yeah, let's talk more about dragons." But he also and
0: could not go the other way, and that is the problem with it. Yeah. It's like he just—I <laughs> it... love, I love her too. How she just like slowly slinks away. <laughs> like... <laughs> that I'm sure that character's named Monkey Heart. No, it's like Ramit, right? Kramit, yeah, just like yeah, she, or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, so yeah. And this, yeah. So this is the one with the ecstasy. So it's like, we see. Yeah. It's a whole subplot.
0: Yeah. In terms of the the relationship.
1: Yeah. Where I think this one starts, is this the one that starts where he like, yeah, he like sneaks up on her and she jumps and she's oh, I'm swimming in divorce papers. And he's like, okay. Like that was too, again, I, I feel like that was really cool too, where he, he's kind of apologetic and like, yeah, I kind of overstepped. I got too comfortable. You're right. I should, you know, respect your boundaries. So he's kind of like hanging back. But then she's like, oh, I did ecstasy. Go find some ecstasy and let's, let's hook up, you know? And it's like, um,
0: That also feels me. like high school. Like, doesn't yeah. that like, not the ecstasy part, but like, like it seems like the cool girl that you're like, she's going through stuff and you're hanging out and it's just like trying to figure out what's going to be the, the right thing. If like anything. And then you're just like wanting to participate. And he doesn't know how to go and get the drugs either. So it's like, I, he's trying to participate and play, but she does, he doesn't have the thing and it's over by the time he gets there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that
1: overlap. Like he takes it right at the point. She's like, I'm going to be sick. You have to go on. (laughs) And I, yeah, I love that. Like, you know, and again, this, this, how this this shouldn't be and again like knowing where the show goes this has less of a sting but the part where he takes her to the bathroom and she pukes and she's like oh you're a good friend and it's like Uh, you know i look seeing it now it's like okay it's not that oh you're in the friend zone thing it was more like yeah you weren't you're not just here to fuck me and i'm not gonna fuck you you're not interested in me like you care about me as a person you know so i thought that moment was really really sweet but then like you know henry kind of you know again i've been in his shoes where you kind of take things the worst way but also like he's about to peak on ecstasy so it's like or, or at least knowing that that's coming now and it's like oh she's going home Things just got weird, you know, and you know, through no fault of his own, like he did the right thing, you know, but now it's like, oh shit, you know, and like is this gonna crumble now? Um, and then yeah, which which leads to, I mean again, this is another example, like uh, like I feel like I've been that guy where like the drunkest one at the party who's just trying to talk to people and it, everyone's, you know, and to be fair, like if I, if, if I have that awareness, I'm like, Oh yeah, if people are laughing at me cause I'm drunk, that's fine. Like it's entertaining. You know, I, you usually the parties I'd be at were my, are my friends. Right. So they're, they're laughing with me, not at me. Like right. I'm a joke, you know? So it's like, yeah, like I'm being ridiculous and if people are getting a kick out of it, that's fine. But this poor <laughs> guy, like the, the only two people left. <laughs> and this is, this is also me too. Like, you know trying to have this serious conversation about you know like no there's there's an error on this <laughs> which one's the
0: surprise <laughs> he's like i i'm not not thought about this like i'm very clear on the <laughs> grammatical construction of this error <laughs> <laughs> which they're, one is it which one is
1: i have to know they're both okay i say we change it to she's gonna get some surprises twos, <laughs> twos, yeah two's or no some it could be open you know it's open right. in, it's like...
0: <laughs>
1: and then also he the, takes yeah, the though, tape
0: back doesn't he? he just takes the dvd yeah he's like hand.
1: you know and then he's like, that's another thing too. It also grosses me out. He's holding this porno DVD, which who knows where that's been, and like <laughs> drinking a bottle of water at the same time. It's like, get that away from your face. Like <laughs> you're like,
0: touch nothing.
1: <laughs> and then when the guy's like, you gotta get out of here, he's like, okay. And then he's just standing there like slightly rocking.
0: <laughs> like, like, oh God,
1: that's me. <laughs> <laughs> just the other thing like you know we forgot to mention that part of what leads into the whole like ron's (laughs) thing is once again super crackers right he (laughs) he wants to pitch that he's he's continuing to try to pick this pitch this idea to mr duck his boss you know and he now we see his business plan you know in a nice little you know portfolio thing you know and you know mr duck is oh i like how you it's laminated yeah you know so like you know, again, he's more serious. He's doing the research. He's doing the work. He wants to make this happen. And just like that investment in the episode before, like, oh, if I do porn, I can maybe get enough money to do super. So it's like, again, like he's just whatever comes his way, he's willing to do it because he wants to make this happen, you know? So, so again, like, yeah, like I I thought, I think it's funny that that's like, you know, he's not, kind of, like like this that probably wouldn't have happened if not for supercrackers the whole thing about like you know the guy wanting oh like like, like that's how he's talking him into
0: it is like Super Crackers you know like it's also how he's like, trying to get him excited <laughs> he's like close right eyes. yeah think, think about, about Super Crackers, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's, it's it's also like a great inversion of the like cd like hollywood or porn actor storyline mm-hmm. but it for once it's centered on a guy you know yeah. it's like mm-hmm. this person is vulnerable and the the like lamb in the head or deer in the headlights about it like not sure what to expect it's are is ken is he gonna get taken advantage of in this scenario like it like yeah. that whole thing too
1: so yeah so again just to show the that yeah the the one more through line of the super crackers and how what what it drives everything willing to
0: do because right yeah, because of that you know like you said the prosthetic it's just it's just enough <laughs> i think they spent all of their prop money on the flag burning episode and yeah, they ran out. Yeah. <laughs> well i'm still having fun are you still having fun too <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have fun next time on episode two of countdown to party down brought to you by nerds we'll see you next time bye